uh, just as a reminder, uh, a, a lovely little prayer uh, that I sort of say sometimes before um, I speak with you uh, is a prayer right out of the book of Psalms. It, it sounds like this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. So um, <clears throat> sometimes uh, there are objects in life that, uh, um, that, that carry much deeper significance or meaning, right? There's objects in life that are common, ordinary objects but, uh, to everybody else, but to the person holding them, um, uh, they carry much more deeper significance. They kind of tell a part of that person's story. Anything come to mind like that uh, for people in the room here? I'm going to give an example, and then I'll ask uh, for maybe an example or two in the room. A common ordinary objects uh, that tell a deeper meaning or significance. You could chime in on Zoom and Facebook and tell us uh, one of those things as well. For me, um, it's uh, one example of that would be this. Uh, if you can't tell, it's a common, ordinary object, which is just a coloring book. A coloring book. Uh, and, uh, and this happens to be uh, my coloring book. And, and to you, it's a common, ordinary, everyday object. To me, it carries a lot deeper meaning and significance. Uh, it tells a part of my story. Uh, the story goes like this. Uh, a little while ago, I fractured my tibia plateau, and, uh, and I was unable to do one of the things that I really love to do, which is hike. Um, I hike on a monthly basis, and, uh, and, and hiking allows me to spend quiet time with Jesus where I can just hear his voice, and, and I can have some listening prayer with him, and I can say, hey, Jesus, what do you think of me, and, 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 and you know, what do you want to say to me today, and what's the next step or two that you want me to take in my life? And, and so hiking is a very meaningful, very, um, uh, I guess, spiritual activity for me. It's a time of rest for me. Uh, when you fracture your tibia plateau and you have a major surgery and you get eight, eight, eight screws and a plate put in, you can't hike for a season. And so the first month passed after that uh, injury, and, uh, and, I, and I, I tried to take some quiet time on the couch with Jesus, and it just, it just really didn't work. And so my wife, in all of her wisdom, went out and bought me a coloring book. <laughs> A coloring book which would allow me to be doing something physical and active. I could be enjoying the beauty that God had created, even if it's just in a coloring book page. And, uh, and at the same time, I could be having some listening conversation with Jesus and be asking those questions. What do you think about me? What do you have to say about me? What's the next step or two uh, for my life? And so for me, uh, uh, right, common ordinary object for everybody else? Uh, for me, it tells uh, a much deeper uh, story, uh, a part of my story. It, tells a, it has a much deeper meaning and significance. Uh, it reminds me that I have a wife who is very wise and loves me very much. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, of how powerful Jesus is and how valuable that time is with him and with him alone. And so um, uh, there's, there's probably uh, examples like that in your own life. Uh, I would love to be seeing what they are. Anybody, maybe just one example, uh, somebody in the room want to share a common ordinary object that tells a deeper story or significance uh, to you? Your piano? You want to, and what's the story behind it? What's the deeper significance? Are you thinking about our big piano in the living room? 
your piano. All right, well, he's uh, having a hard time expressing what the deeper significance or meaning is, but, but for him, right, it's a common ordinary object that carries a deeper meaning and significance uh, for him. And, and, and we probably have some stories like that in our own lives. Um, God kind of does this throughout Scripture, actually. He, uh, he, he uses common ordinary objects to tell a story. Right? He uses common ordinary objects that, that carry a, a deeper significance. He takes a common ordinary object and gives it a much deeper meaning and significance. And that's exactly what we get in Joshua chapter 4. I don't know if you caught it. Um, this should be hopefully an easy question for you to answer. But what's the common ordinary object that is used in Joshua chapter 4 and God attaches some deeper meaning and significance to it? Rocks. Yeah, rocks. Uh, you're, so you're either paying attention to the sermon series title or you're actually listening to the text. Either one is totally acceptable. So um, j- just see this, right? God commands the people to, to go back into the Jordan River and pick up rocks that they could carry on their shoulder and, and carry the 12 stones, right? 12 rocks that he wants them to set up in this monument and this altar for them. Here's the context of the story, just so we can kind of place it appropriately. Um, uh, Right before Joshua chapter 4, the people are on the brink of the promised land, right? They're on the brink of the promised land, and the only thing standing in between them and the promised land is the Jordan River. Um, The priests, right, pick up the Ark of the Covenant, which is basically a big box, right? It's a big box, and it has um, two kind of planks or poles under it uh, so that four priests could pick it up and and essentially set the pole or the plank on their shoulder, and then they would be able to walk with it and carry it safely. So the priests pick up the Ark of the Covenant, and and there's the Jordan River, right? And they kind of just go like this. And the Jordan River, which is at flood stage, Joshua 4 is very clear to draw that out. Um, the Jordan River, um, which is at flood stage, parts. And, and the priests um, step into the Jordan River, right into the middle of the Jordan River on dry ground. And, and then the hundreds of thousands of people that are behind them and waiting to get into the promised land come pouring through the now dry Jordan River, and they're all now on the other side of the Jordan River. And, and, and God says, whoa, let's just stop for a minute, soak in this moment, Go, go back, one, one person from each tribe, 12 people, go back and get a stone from the middle of the Jordan River and, um, and, and bring it over here and set up this altar, um, set up this monument for people to remember. Um, God uses a common ordinary object, a rock, <laughs> uh, and attaches a much deeper significance to it. Let me read it for you just uh, because we didn't read these verses earlier. Um, this is Joshua chapter 4 verses 1 and, and, and following. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people from each tribe a man and command them saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from every place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Down to verse 6, that this may be a sign among you. Isn't that interesting? God says, hey, take this common ordinary object and, uh, and let, it, let it be a, a sign to you. Let it be a memory to you. Let it be a reminder to you of who I am and what I've done. And so we, what we get is these rocks that tell a story. 
Um, these rocks that are common, or, common ordinary objects, but they tell a story of God. And, and those of you in the room, you can see that. Uh, I think those of you on uh, Zoom and Facebook, you're going to see this kind of on and off. Um, the rocks tell a story of a God who uh, keeps his promises. Just see this, right? It's kind of reading into the text. You have to know the, the bigger Bible story. But 600 years before this moment, which is, by the way, a long time. No, how many 600-year-olds do we have in the room? How many 600-year-olds uh, do we have on Zoom Facebook? I didn't think so. So 600 years is an awfully long time. 600 years before this moment in Joshua chapter 4, God made a promise. He, he, told, he told this guy named Abram, he said, hey, I want you to pick up everything. I want you to leave and, and go to a land that I have promised to give you. Here we are 600 years later, and, and God is keeping his promise. Uh, the rocks tell a story of a God who keeps his promises even if it takes a lot longer than we would hope or desire. Um, the rocks tell a story of a God who's always doing something new, always doing something new. Uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm kind of reading into the story here, but, but I, I just love that God doesn't leave Abram, this guy who doesn't even really know him. Fascinating story, Genesis 12. He doesn't leave Abram in Haran. And, and uh, Joseph, right, is a, uh, is a descendant of Abram, and uh, he doesn't leave Joseph, for instance, in prison. And later on, right, uh, from Joseph comes the whole, like, Israelite nation, thousands and thousands of them, and he doesn't leave them in Egypt. And he doesn't leave them wandering around the wilderness, paying in punishment for uh, their sin of not trusting him fully. No, 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 he's... He's got him at the brink of the promised land, and he says, hey, we're going we're gonna to take new territory. We're, we're going to blaze new frontiers. We're going to have new experiences together. The rocks tell a story of a God who's always doing something new. Um, the rocks tell a story of a God who is in charge, who is in charge. It's kind of fascinating. Uh, the only reason I draw this out is because it seems to be a major theme as you read through all of uh, Joshua chapter 4, uh, which I'd encourage you to kind of do on your own. Um, it's pretty clear in Joshua chapter 4 that Moses isn't in charge. Do you know why? Because Moses is dead. All right, so Moses is no longer in charge of the people of God, of this massive nation that's now crossing over the Jordan River. Uh, he just recently died. I mean, maybe weeks or just months ago. And, and so, so uh, Moses is not in charge. And, and it's kind of interesting here. Um, Joshua seems to be the, the newly appointed leader of the people, the, the one that's going to be leading them into the promised land and, and leading the troops into battle to take the promised land. But it's pretty clear here that Joshua is not in charge uh, because um, uh, a, a few different things. Number one, the Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> that's what goes first. The Ark of the Covenant in other places is called the mercy seat. It's the, it's the place where God sits. It's the throne of God. And so that's what goes first. Uh, it's pretty clear that Joshua's not doing the miracle of parting the Red Sea at floods, or the, uh, the, the Jordan River at flood stage and holding those waters back. God's doing that. And it's pretty clear when they all get over to the other side and God says, no, 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 wait, don't charge ahead. Go back and get 12 stones and set them up as a reminder. It's pretty clear here that God is the one in charge. And the rocks also tell a story of a God who is powerful, right? A God who can do a miracle. Now, this is actually in the text. Uh, God says at the end of it, he says, um, set those stones up so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. 
Um, I always uh, love reading the New Testament and, and when it's talking about the strength of God because it rarely says, so that the nations might know that the Lord is mighty. No, no, that the hand of the Lord is mighty. You see that? It just draws out like the hand of God. Sometimes it'll say, so that the nations will know that the arm of the Lord is mighty. And I love that, that it's just drawing out like, hey, the hand of the Lord is mightier than all the other hands of the earth combined. The, the, the arm of the Lord is mightier than all the other arms of the earth combined. Set up those stones so that everybody will know, so that all the nations will know that I, the Lord your God, have a mighty hand, am powerful, can do miracles. Uh, the next one, right, rocks tell a story of a God who, who never changes. This is a kind of a beautiful thing. Uh, God tells them, uh, I want you to remember, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did when? At the Red Sea. Did you see that? What God is saying is, hey, I have helped you in the past. I'm helping you right now. I'm probably going to help you in the future. <laughs> I've done miracles in the past. I'm doing a miracle right now. I'll probably do miracles in the future, right? God is trying to rem remind them with these stones, hey, remember that I never change, that, that I'm always there ready to help you no matter what. Uh, okay, so, so Joshua chapter 4, common ordinary object that, um, that tells a deeper uh, story, uh, that has a deeper significance to it. Um, what would be the, the point uh, of this? Um, uh, my hope for you is that you'll remember, <laughs> that you'll do whatever it takes to remember. Uh, just see this, the, the point of this is not to um, find a rock and write a Bible verse on it. It's not the point. Um, the point is not even necessarily to go into your past and to find an object and, uh, and carry it on your shoulder and put it in the present to help you remember, although you might want to do that. The, the whole point of this is to remember. And I say that for two different reasons. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about how Moses, when he's right at the end of his life, God tells him, hey, Moses, hey, after you die, Moses, the, the people are going to what? Forget me. And when they forget me, they're going to be unfaithful. And when they're unfaithful, I'm going to be angry and I'm going to turn my back on them. And so I love what God is doing here, right? God hasn't given up on them. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? He's like being so gracious and so kind here. He's, he's going the extra mile, even though he knows that they're going to forget, even though he knows they're going to be unfaithful. They get across the Jordan River and he says, hey, I want to help you. I want to help you remember. <laughs> it's just so beautiful to me that, that, that God has already said, hey, this is going to happen, but I'm going to do everything in my power to help you remember. And the other thing that really stands out to me here that, that makes memory the main point is, uh, look, if I'm the people of God and I just did, saw this miracle and I walked across the Jordan River on dry ground and, and I've been waiting for this moment for 600 years, Again, right, no 600-year-olds in the group, but, um, you know, if you know that this is an ancient promise, and, and I just got across the Jordan River, what am I going to do? I'm going to charge ahead. I'm going to tackle Jericho. I'm going to get this thing done, right? There's a big deal out in front of us. And I love what God does. He just kind of says, no, 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 take a breath. Just, just take a pause. I, I, want you to, I want you to go back, and, and I want you to get a stone, and I want you to set up that stone 
so that you can remember this moment, so that you can remember that I'm a God who keeps his promises, so you can remember I'm a God who is doing something new, so you can remember that I am in charge, you can remember that I am powerful, and you can remember that I never change. It's just this beautiful moment, because if it's me, I'm just plowing ahead, right? Yeah, let's go, let's get it done. But, but God says, no, 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 take a break, pause. Wait, th- this is a cool moment. Just, just get a stone so you can remember. And, and just see the power of this, right? This isn't just um, for the people. <laughs> it's also for their kids. It, it, as you read through Joshua chapter 4, it's not just for the people that are experiencing the miracle right now. The whole point is, hey, set up these stones. Remember so that your kids can remember. So that your kids can remember that I keep my promises. So that your kids can remember that I do new things. So your kids can remember that I'm in charge and that I am powerful and that I never change. And it's not just for the people experiencing the miracle and it's not just for the next generation. It's actually for all the nations. Did you catch that? This is so powerful. Um, God says, hey, I want you to remember, not just for you, but, but I want all the nations, all the people everywhere to know that I keep my promises, to know that I do new things, to know that I'm in charge, um, to know that I am powerful, and to know that I, I always keep my promises. It's super powerful, right? Because um, it, it, if, if you're anything like me or my kids or probably some of us in the room, we just have this tendency to forget. As time wanders on and uh, we wait for a long time for something to happen, we tend to forget that God keeps his promises. As we get cozy and comfortable and, and, and kind of complacent in the life that we have, we, we tend to forget that God does something new. Um, as, we, um, as we turn to other things and we let other things be in charge of our life, we tend to forget that God is in charge. And as we see a problem in front of us and we see um, you know, unknown things ahead of us, we tend to turn to lesser things for help. We turn to the first thing for help that we can. Oh, this might help us. And we forget that God is always there and ready to help us. And we just have this tendency to forget his track record. (laughs) That he's always been there and he always desires to help. And he's always mighty. And so it's incredibly gracious and kind here that God says, no, 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 pause. Go pick up a stone, set it up so that you and your kids and all the nations will know who I am. So powerful. Look, the the, the other thing that I just really need to to say about this is is that there's some incredible good news here. (laughs) And the good news is that, that, that God wants to help us to remember that he never forgets. Amen? God wants us to remember that he never forgets. Uh, Let me just read uh, this passage and then just kind of talk about it. Uh, This is going to seem a little bit different than what we've been talking about, but this is Romans 8.34. It says this, Christ Jesus is the one who died, and I would say on a cross, 
Christ Jesus is the one who died on a cross, more than that, was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is interceding for us. You know what that verse says to me? It says, God is never, ever going to forget you. Why? (laughs) Because God is looking at the cross, and he's looking at an empty tomb, and he's got Jesus sitting at his right hand nudging him, saying, hey, don't forget Dave Perel. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of picture like, uh, you know, um, if I should have had something. I'm going to move over there. Can I move over there, camera guys, for just a second? Is that cool? I'm going to move over here. I always kind of picture like I'm standing on one side, you know, and, and God's like on the other side of the cross. And I'm looking at God and what am I going to see? The cross. And God's over there and he's looking at me and what is he going to see? The cross, right? This is what that verse is saying, that, that God um, is, is going to never forget me because he's got his eyes on the cross. And God has his eyes on an empty tomb. And he knows that Jesus rose from the dead to give me new life. And I love that image of, of Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, kind of nudging God the Father Almighty, saying, hey, don't forget Jessica. Hey, hey don't forget Dave. Hey, hey, don't forget Sarah. And Jesus was crucified on a cross, and he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And so isn't it beautiful that, that God wants us to remember that he never forgets us, and he's given us an object? <laughs> uh, to so many people, it's a common, ordinary object, Right? And if you really think about it, just at the surface level, it's not really much to look at. It's just two sticks put together. (laughs) On the other hand, we know that it has much deeper significance and meaning. We know that it tells a much bigger part of our story. And it tells the story of God. That he's never going to forget you. That he sacrificed all to give you new life. And that he loves you deeply. We want to make sure that we never forget, never forget that God always remembers you. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, you are indeed the one who died. You you sacrificed all things so that we might be forgiven, uh, so that we might have all of our sins erased, uh, and so that... um, we might never be forgotten. Uh, Jesus, you are the one that that rose from the dead. You showed off your power, you showed off your might, and you showed us that you're always up to something new. And Jesus, you sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, constantly nudging him, constantly reminding him to not forget us. And so we just really, in humility, in awe, say thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your love. Thanks for all that you have done and are doing. Thanks for giving us the certainty that we are never forgotten. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We want to state our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. If it's your statement of faith, go ahead and say it with us. If you just want to take time to consider the words, then just take that time as you need. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And what is a disciple? Someone who is following Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is on mission with Jesus. Uh, go ahead and have a seat. Oh, we want to put up our, our offering slide and invite you to, um, to support our ministry with big gifts, little gifts, or in-between gifts. Um, but also just want to highlight a ministry that's uh, very active presently. Uh, our human care team is, uh, is a very active ministry led by Shaney Engel, uh, who's in the back there. I'm looking at her and pointing at her, uh, just doing a fantastic job of, of leading and, and uh, shifting, right, and trying to do what we can in this season to help families. Uh, and and uh, you've got a big team of volunteers uh, behind you as well. And so uh, on the one hand, I just want to say thank you to Shaney and thank you to the huge team of volunteers uh, that is uh, trying to help and, and has done so much during the pandemic and is also uh, trying to do a lot right now. So thank you uh, very much for that. <clears throat> On the other hand, I want to continue to ask for your help um, as we think about holiday help, right? There's different ways that we're trying to just be a blessing to families that might struggle to uh, provide Christmas gifts for their kids or even put a, a Thanksgiving meal on the table. And so if you haven't gone to our website yet to check out that information or on our Facebook page, uh, we're trying to sort of make it prevalent on there. It should be easy to find, I hope. Um, but we would just really value uh, any kind of help and support that you could uh, provide either through nominating a family or through uh, uh, getting involved with donations of some kind. So uh, we just invite you to participate in that and at the same time continue to praise God uh, for the ministry that that, uh, that that team is doing. Okay, let's uh, continue with our next song. Respond to your invitation. 
invitation we remember you Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, Almighty, uh, Heavenly Father, Almighty King, uh, you are the rock. You are our fortress, our deliverer. Uh, you are our shield. To you, uh, we turn and we lift up our praise. Uh, it is you that we celebrate. It is your name that we lift in uh, joyful praise and in full adoration. 
Uh, God, will you please uh, break through and break down all distractions uh, so that we can remember you? Uh, we long to remember. We know that we need to remember uh, that you are a mighty fortress. We need to remember that you uh, alone can save and deliver. We need to remember that you are a shield. And so, God, we pray, will you, will you break through and break down all distractions so that we can remember uh, these truths about you? Father, we are, are truly sorry for the times that we have forgotten you. We're sorry for the times that we have settled for lesser rocks. Uh, please forgive us and have mercy on us. Loving Father, Almighty King, will you, will you lead us to you? Uh, whatever path we're on, just, just lead us back to you. Pick us up and, and move us. Uh, create a new path, a new way to you. Remove all the blocks from our path. Uh, whatever it takes, just please lead us, each individually, and us as a congregation, us as a community. Uh, lead us to you so we can follow uh, you, so we can walk the same road that you walk in the same way that you walk it. Loving Father, Almighty King, uh, please protect us. Uh, be a rock so big <laughs> that no harm can come to us. Protect us from Satan and his workers. Uh, protect us from despair. Protect us from temptations. Lord Jesus, loving Father, Almighty King, thank you for hearing our prayer. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's pray the prayer that he has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join us in these last couple songs. Um, this next one we're going to sing um, just talks about the amazing love that God has for us. And so I'd love for that to be a reminder for you this week um, that he will never stop coming after us. Let's sing uh, Reckless Love. Good. Mm -hmm. 
Before we sing this last song, um, it's one of my favorites. Um, I'd like to know some of your favorite songs. Um, I did send an email out this week, and I'd love to hear more back from you guys. Um, so check your emails. Let me know some of your favorite hymns, some of your favorite um, contemporary worship songs. And you could even give me, hand me, I know it's not COVID friendly, but you could even hand me a paper with your favorite songs on it. And I just want to get some more feedback from you guys. So um, please send them in, okay? And I'd really appreciate that. 
Um, this last song we're going to sing is called Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. So let's remember um, as we leave here today to lean on God through every um, situation we're going through. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today, either in the building or uh, on Facebook Live, on Zoom, whatever option you were. We hope that it was a blessing to you. We go knowing that Jesus Christ truly is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go in peace.